This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita. Hello out there and welcome to episode 125 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. I am your host, Mike Sedita, and I have an interesting guest. It's a little bit different than what we normally do on the podcast where we're introducing a specific business owner, but Stephanie Olivo is actually in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here in Tampa, Florida. She's an entrepreneur extraordinaire. She does multiple different things. We're going to kind of dive into some different aspects of what she does, but Stephanie, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate it. It's colder where you are than where I am, and I'm, and I'm okay colder. with it. I'm okay <laughs> with it. So and just so you know a little bit about the Good Neighbor Podcast, we are... Um, we were established during COVID as a way for businesses to get their message out to the community. Three, four years later, the Good, ne- Good Neighbor podcast, we have one in Atlanta. We have a couple in Atlanta, actually. I did see uh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we have great hosts in Atlanta that do this. Denver, Virginia, we're all over the place. I'm here in Tampa, but I'll probably share this with maybe the host in Atlanta, a couple of them, and let them know what's going on up there. But the, the goal is to talk and learn a little bit about your business. So tell us a little bit about first, what are we going to talk about first? What business? Well, I do a few things like uh, like Mike said, and I appreciate the introduction. So I am a Florida of real estate license holder uh, and also just got my license here in Georgia as well. But um, I'm also doing a podcast. I, I am like Mike. So I do a podcast. It's called Discontinued Now What? And I needed an outlet. So as a real estate agent, you know, we, we go through a lot of things. And, you know, sometimes we, we meet couples and, and people who are selling or buying that have, you know, lost their partners. Um, you know, I, it's something very close to my heart because I also lost my husband. This is now seven years ago. I had a medical device business, you know, had that for 10 years with him. And when he, he actually took his life. So um, it was something that I, didn't know really what to do. So I was like, okay, I don't really want to work for anybody. So I got my real estate license and I have been doing that. And I noticed myself kind of getting in, in a rut per se, you know, not so much business wise, but just socially, like not wanting to really talk to anybody, anything like that. And I actually met somebody who was doing Reiki. So I actually ended up going to her for a number of years, maybe since 2019 And she would tell me, you know, maybe you should write a book. I was like, I'm not writing a book. There's no way I'm going to write a book and tell everybody my story. I ended up writing a book with uh, about 16 other ladies. It's called uh, The Voyage and the Return. So that was very difficult. You know, when they say talking about your story and actually writing pen to paper, your story is a totally different animal. Um, I'm sure authors who are listening to this are going to agree with me here. And I was like, okay, but I, I feel like I have to do something more. I feel like I have to do something more. So writing yeah. the book, writing, being a part of the book wasn't as cathartic as you had thought it was going to be, or it was, but you needed something additional. I needed definitely something additional because my the chapters per chapter was like maybe a thousand words, maybe twelve hundred words. Okay. And to kind of put um, you know everything into a condensed small version was really difficult. So I really just talked about kind of like the day of that everything happened. And I was like, okay, I need something else. I need something else. 
And she had brought up, she goes, well, maybe you should talk to people about it. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, have a group session or anything like that. Like I'm not a therapist. I'm not a, you know, psychologist, nothing like that, but I know what I've experienced. And, you know, as, as somebody who has, you know, lost a partner to suicide, it's something that not a lot of people want to talk about. And some other people that have, you know, conversations with you, they don't want to bring it up because they feel, you know, what are they going to say? I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to upset them. You know, all this thing. Their their foot in their mouth, say that just the wrong (laughs) phraseology that someone might say might trigger. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an uncomfortable topic of conversation. For sure. For sure. So I just kind of bit the bullet and I just started recording. And, you know, a year later, we've had, you know, therapists, psychologists, um, you know, tenured university professors, people who have totally changed from corporate jobs into now healing, just kind of like, like as the title of the, the podcast is discontinued now what? So the reason why I chose that is, so I worked in medical device sales for so long and in the medical field, DC'd is discontinued. Like you DC right. the meds, you DC the, the the chart, whatever it is. And I was like, okay, so that part of my life is, is done. Now, what the hell do I do? You know what I mean? Like, where, where do I go? What, what can I do? And for me, it was not things that, that happened to me. And I'd never wanted to look at it like that. I said, okay, these are experiences that happened in my life. Now, what do I do with them? Cause it was some pretty crazy stuff, you know? But here's the thing. So, and it's what I want to ask you about this and understand it. Is the conversation focused solely around people in that circumstance? Like had a partner, not necessarily suicide, but lost them Mm -hmm. in general? Or because all of this stuff, every time I hear this stuff, it's really like a PTSD trauma break. And yours, the, the manifestation of yours is losing your partner to committing suicide. But- Everybody reacts to stuff differently. So like my brother passed away from a drug overdose. And even though we weren't as close as like a, maybe a relationship might be, that's mm-hmm. still a traumatic experience. And it could even go down to the next level of a really bad breakup with somebody that leaves yes. you in that state that you were talking about initially, where you are kind of just going through the motions with this fog around you. So in the podcast, are you talking to all sorts of people in all these different types of um, grief or is it just fine tuned? So it was at first it was like that. And I noticed myself. So when when I was going through it, I was trying to find an outlet, a podcast, a book, what have you. Right. um, YouTube, whatever. And everything for me was just so extremely heavy and dark. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is this is not the stuff that I want to put out you know, there, there has to be some kind of, not so much a fine line, but some kind of balance of like, okay, this crazy, ugly stuff happened. Yes. Right. But what am I going to do with this experience? You know, as, as, as the way that is life, you know, uncomfortable situations happen to us and we grow. Right. And it's just, we hope, just we hope that we grow from it. Yeah. We hope that we do. For sure. And, you know, for, for me, it was just like, okay, I don't want to have something so sad and so dark for people that they don't want to listen. Right. You know what I mean? So for me, I kind of changed it up a little bit, like maybe a few episodes in, maybe a, a month or two into the, cause I do it every week. I wanted to do something like, okay, so what am I doing to help myself heal? You know, I'm doing Reiki, I'm doing meditation, I'm writing things down, you know, things that kind of 
we've noticed, I think, more so being talked about that really wasn't talked about before. You know, not so much spirituality, not so much, you know, tarot cards or anything like that, but just like small little, and I don't want to say small, but things that kind of help us get out that funk that's in us. Because one of the biggest things that a lot of us do is we hold everything in. We don't talk about it. We don't discuss it because we don't want to relive it. And understandably enough that the human body reacts to memory is memory. So whether it happened today or 10 years ago, when we think about it or we talk about it, the body doesn't know if it's happening. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't know if it's happening now or it happened 10 years ago. So you're reliving those emotions. Those emotions get stuck. Now, I don't know what your experience was like. I mean, I've never had that specific experience, but I could tell you for me, the worst grief I ever felt was losing my mom. Okay. And my experience with grief was some people think it's linear. Like you have it, you deal with it, that, you know, there's the set, the stages of grief type of thing. But for me, it wasn't like that. It was like, I would be really sad. And then I would think of a good memory and then I would be good for a little bit. And then I would be forced to kind of deal with life because, you know, life doesn't end for me. So I have to continue to take care of my family and my dad and all this other stuff that's going on. So I almost can block it out to focus that fight Mm -hmm. or flight kind of reflex. Um, But then with my grief, it was like waves. I would be fine for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it would just come down like a, like a tidal wave and it would hit. And then it would put me back in that spot. And it, it was about a six or seven month period where it was just a con. Now, now I'm at a point, it's been years where it's been going on four years where I think about the, I think about stuff that she would do and I kind of laugh or something she would say to me or things that would happen. And I don't, I don't ever let myself live back in that melancholy area anymore but it, it'll still come back and creep in and I'll think of something and I can get myself out of it much faster. So what are you talking about with this, the tools that you use to be able to limit the time in that tidal wave and get past it? Is that kind of it? Yes. Yes. And no. So the, the interesting part about grief and healing is that it is never ending. So the, the tools and stuff that we learn now it is something that we're always going to be constantly working on because I remember an experience that happened to me, you know, I'm working through all these things and using all these meditations and writing things down and, you know, feeling good and feeling good. And I was actually moving. I had sold my house that I, that I had with my late husband and I was putting the boxes in my dad's house. And then my dad was redoing a room or something like that. So I had to move the boxes out again. This was like maybe a year later or something like this. So as they're moving the boxes, like I had a total meltdown. I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like what's happening? So I talked to my, the lady that I do uh, my Reiki with, I was like, I go, I thought I healed all this part of me. Like what is happening? She's like, okay, well, what was the, when was the last time that you felt out of control that somebody was, something was happening to you that you were not in control of? And then that that thought of like, oh, when he passed away, mm. like I wasn't in control of that. So it was something else. So even though that I thought I was, you know, I was kind of, quote unquote, over that hump, you know, sometimes we have to heal certain things that we don't even think that are even still there. It's, right. like, it's a constant situation. You know what I mean? And and I and I totally understand with you with uh, with um, 
your your brother. So my my late husband had a son. He had died of an overdose as well. So the year before, literally year and a month and two months to the day, he took his life. Mm. And I with with those those two hits and I, and then we closed the company. I was like, okay, I can totally deal with with death and grief. I'm, yeah, I've right. This in the bag sure. kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then like you, my my mom passed away now two years ago. And it was a total gut punch. It is a yeah. different kind of grief. And, and that's, I think, one of the most important things for, for a lot of us to understand. And, and hopefully you don't have to have it in such such hits like this. But gr- grief is going to hit you in so many different ways. And I think that's why it's really important to talk about it and to talk about, you know, losing a parent, losing a loved one, losing a partner, whatever it is. Loss is loss. And, 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 and sometimes it's tough, whether it's a job or something else, you're going to grieve that part that's no longer. You're going to grieve that part of your life that's no longer in existence, whether it's with the job, with a partner, with a dog, whatever it is, that life is no longer. So, OK, now what do I do with with this stuff? Basically, right. you know, you know I mean? and it's funny. That's what I was kind of alluding to earlier, talking about the type of podcast. So like. We, we could we could play the grief game, right? So, like, for me, my brother, everybody asks me, when did you move to Florida? And I say June 2nd of 2019. And they're like, how do you remember, like, the exact date? Well, yeah. June 2nd of 2019, I got a phone call. Hey, your, your brother is, is on the floor, you know, and it's you have to kind of snap into it. So June of 2019, my brother dies. Uh, July of 2020, my mother dies. And August of 2022, my dad dies. So I've lost three people in my family in a three-year window. Um, And then on top of all that, in the middle of it, I got divorced from my second wife, who was a great woman. She was there throughout all this stuff. Uh, But that relationship ended. Um, I don't have any kids, so I don't have that dynamic of things. But then I've had relationships since that are also a loss. So like, it's it's one of these things, and I talked to listen. I've talked to a grief counselor and talking about different breaks in our life, and he mm-hmm. he he kind of did this thing, and it was a cool experiment. He took a whiteboard and he drew a line on it, and he said, you know, here's you at as a baby on one side, and here's you current day, and he said, every time you have a a bad breakup in a relationship, that's a line. Every time you lose a family member, that's a line. And he, he started asking me questions and putting lines on this board throughout your life and at the different ages. And he said, you know, people in their life, you know, have these traumatic experiences. And some people maybe only have a handful. But if you have seven, eight, I had like 14 on this board. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff to deal with, to, to traumatize and to have an outlet like you're talking about, to be able to address it in a, in a manner that it it doesn't feel as scary or it doesn't feel as taboo to have right. this conversation, you know, that, that helps a lot of people. And the, and the funny thing is, the, the, you know what the biggest trigger for me is, and it's usually with relationships, like with past uh, partners, relationships, it's music is the thing that is a trigger for me. So I could not hear a song for five years hear a song that reminds me of an ex that I dated and it immediately could bring me back to that day, that smell in the air, like all that stuff. That's what's so incredibly crazy about the human brain and the way it works with grief, with memory, with senses. And, um, 
And to be able to have an outlet to talk about that stuff, that's pretty amazing making lemonade out of those lemons that, you know, really bad lemons that you, you've had to deal with. Do you, do you have like, you talk to somebody on the podcast and then do you try to do like a follow up with them? Like a, where are they now? Or how are they progressing? Do you stay in touch with them? Um, I what do. kind of response have you gotten from other people who've heard it and said, Hey, Stephanie, I heard you do this podcast with so-and-so and it really helped me through. Are you getting a lot of that feedback? I am, which is great. We we definitely are both, you know, Jamie, um, Jamie Wareham, she's uh, my Reiki master. She's also on the podcast. So we do it once a week and stuff. And what's nice is that we, just like you and I, we're having this, you know, coffee talk conversation. Uh, we really don't prepare anything, kind of like whatever comes out, comes out. Right. And, you know, I remember this, this one podcast that we were always talking about minimizing words came out of nowhere. I said, you know, we, we do this, like, instead of saying, you know, steps forward, we say, oh, small step forward, or I'm just this, or I'm just a podcast host, or I'm just a real estate agent. Every time we say the word just, we're minimizing what, what we, we actually are. Yep. And this girl was was uh, responding. She's like, you know, I'm so glad you, 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 you said that because, you know, I was... I'm a, I think she was some medical um, device director or something like that. She's like, you know, people just say that I'm just this or I'm just that. And I'm getting my master's and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just to kind of prove them wrong. Like she just like went on and on. And I was like, I go, great. That's awesome. If I tell, if somebody tells me one thing or one person, you know, comes back and says, that was really great. I'm so glad that you posted that. Like, I'm right. cool. Like right. I am the happiest camper in the world. Because somebody is listening, somebody is is responding and engaging for whatever we're saying. You know, sometimes it's kooky, crazy stuff, but these are the experiences that I've had and we both have had that, you know, not a lot of people want to talk about and nobody really wants to kind of like say, oh, you know, I do this or I do that because it's, it's still kind of like, oh, you do affirmations or you write things down. I'm like, yeah, because that's just... And just write it down. I write it and let it go and see what happens. Right. It doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny you say that. Like, I did a I did a talk to probably about sixty or seventy people yesterday. Something completely unrelated, right? Mm -hmm. And what I find resonates the most, and we talked about this when we were starting this podcast, is the way I like to do the podcast is just very informal, like you said, like a coffee talk. Um. But when I do my approach, when I talk about sales things and I'm talking about how to be good at selling, which is part of what I do outside of this, I try to be super, I mean, I try to be, I don't know how to be any other way than transparent and authentic. So when somebody asks me, hey, Mike, how do you do this? I say, you know, this is how I approach this. And it's, it's very direct. It's very transparent. And that's the way I do it. There's a lot of people that resonate to that. I make a joke with people all the time. I'm from New Jersey. I clearly I talk with my hands. I'm Italian. Um, yeah. I'm an acquired taste for a lot of people. When I lived in Atlanta, I played softball with guys. They would introduce me as their Yankee pitcher. You know, like and <laughs> and I would tell them, like, look, I'm an acquired taste. Either you love me or you hate me, or you you know you kind of find a way to to kind of tolerate me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the people people generally that are genuine appreciate that authenticity, appreciate 100%. that transparency. And there's other people that do the same thing that I do. For example, there was someone doing a talk this morning and they want to talk about mindset and spirituality and all this other stuff that if you're asking me, I think they're, 
they're full of crap, but mm -hmm. it works for them. So if it works for them and somebody else is listening to it and getting something out of it, great. By all means, I mean, yeah. You know, like the, the old saying, different strokes for different folks, whatever works. So the way I use the podcast and the way I use my platform is to show people, listen, I talk about my brother. I talk about my father. A, a previous podcast I did, my dad had dementia. Again, not a light topic to have mm -hmm. on there. Right. We used to do Tuesdays with Tommy. My dad's name was Tom. And we would take topics of conversation. I'm talking to a guy with dementia. So I'm really trying to get him to just engage and talk about stuff. But we yeah. did a... One of my favorite episodes, it's somewhere online. We did 20 minutes on my dad with dementia reviewing Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is like intricate character <laughs> like language stuff. And yeah. the whole podcast was me leading him with questions and him not really following it, but doing his best to do it. And people, some people came to me and said, you know, that's not really nice what you're doing. And I said, you don't understand. It's I'm not doing it to poke fun at my dad. I mean, we're making a joke of it, but I, I took care of an old guy with dementia for multiple years. Yeah. If you don't embrace the crappiness of it, it can bury you under it. And it's kind of what you talked about in the beginning sure. with your with your ex. You could have very easily let this horrific thing that happened to him and affected you, you could have let that bury you, but you chose to rise above it, to, to take it to a level where you can make it a, a healing thing as opposed to a hurting thing, which is amazing. I appreciate that. I mean, it, it, it takes a long time. It, it's not something that is ever overnight. And I think that's what a lot of people, it's, it's important to understand, you know, that, like I said before, the, the, the journey of healing is, is ongoing. It's, it's, it's evergreen. It's going to be all the time. But I think what's important too, is that it, it will take time. That's the one thing that will take time, not that the pain will go away, not that this or anything like that, is that we we learn how to we we get the tools and we learn different ways of how to not have that pain trigger us for, for like you were saying, trigger us, us so down. heavily and yeah. bring us down. And, and not everything's going to be happy go lucky. I'm not that's not what I'm saying, but there's just ways to deal with certain things and certain aspects and certain events. Um, you know, that that will help us move through and maybe use that pain and into a positive situation. Who knows? You know, and the other great thing about it is, and look, there are so many outlets. There are there are psychiatry, psychology, mm -hmm. there's all these different places you can go for professionals, but there are 12 step fellowships in this world that are built on people with like experience helping people with like experience, paying it mm -hmm. forward, whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, um, Gamblers Anonymous. There's so many A's, so many A-A-N-A-G-A, -A -A -A, whatever, that yeah. there aren't, those aren't medical professionals that are helping guide people to get to that next level. Those are people that have like experience, that they've gotten through it. They've made that progression of time to the point where they have you know, they can tell you real world. Like, I mean, there's people for a long sure. time that say, well, I'm not going to go to a doctor that's not going to be able to help me because they know it clinically. They don't know it practically. What you're doing is practical experience of living through this trauma and working through it to get people to the other side. Tell people listening to this or watching this 
How do they go to the website? And we'll put all this information in the podcast when we post the Good Neighbor mm-hmm. podcast. Where where do we go if we want to learn more? How do we find you? Is there emails, phone numbers, websites? Give it all. Yeah. So the, the website is uh, dcnw.info. So that's discontinued now what? Um, podcast is discontinued now what? Available on all the platforms. So Spotify, Apple, whoever you like. And uh, on Instagram. So it's, yeah, it's dcnw. So what we're going to do with this podcast is when we're done, we're going to get all that information together. We're going to put it in there. So guys, if you are interested, uh, give the in, give the uh, website one more time. Yep. It's dcnw.info. And if you have a, an amazing story to tell, or if you know somebody that you'd like to have on the podcast, we do interviews the same way. Um, would love to have them on for sure. So guys, if you're listening to this and you're going through something and you need a place to talk about it, contact Stephanie. If you have a story you want to tell to help inspire somebody else that you've gotten through it, contact Stephanie. It's dcnw.info. Stephanie, thank you so much for being a healing good neighbor. Thank you so much for being on the Good Neighbor Podcast. It was great to speak to you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Pasco. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppasco.com. That's gnppasco.com or call 813-922-3610.